Hey, Rob. What do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello and welcome to Berkshire Football Stories with Tom Canning and Rob Davis, a podcast that aims to dig deep into the history of the non-league and grassroots game across the county. We'll be working across the county from Sandhurst to Shinfield and Thatcham to Twyford looking for the stories, the quirky moments and all the best that our local game has to offer. I was trying to find something that right, that had, a, had an end starting with end like Newbury <laughs> on the map earlier when I was writing this Rob and I didn't manage to find one at all so I'll try and include Newbury next week. Okay. I was thinking maybe Nettlebed. But then bed, I yeah. couldn't remember whether that was even in Berkshire or not. So yeah, I think um, that might be Oxfordshire. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try and squeeze it, squeeze an N in in uh, in next week. But um, talking of Rob, I'd like to introduce my co-podder Rob Davies, uh, who will be charting the various points of interest along the M4 corridor with me. Hello, Rob. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. I'm very good. We um, we were just having a chat because I've accidentally on the script included. Uh, what we were talking about last week. So I don't really want to go over all that again, but it occurred to me there's been quite a lot of manager news yes. in the in the news. Mm-hmm. And the big one, of course, was Hungerford Town boss Ian Herring making it 100 games in charge, which is, in this day and age, is quite something special to manage 100 games. And especially sort of at a club kind of battling to stay in a division because Hungerford obviously don't quite have the resources of a lot of the National League clubs, but... Ian kept them up last season and appears to be doing a doing a good job of it this season as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see that he's sort of recognised for that as well. Yeah. Rather, um, you know, like you say, they're battling sort of maybe towards the uh, lower end, but you know, staying up for Hungerford is a really good result. You know, yeah. considering the resources, so it's nice to see that he's recognised for that. He, uh, we met him at the awards in the summer, didn't we? As well, what a nice bloke! Yeah, absolutely, thoroughly nice bloke. Um, couldn't couldn't say uh, couldn't speak higher of him to be no. honest. Um, but he also, uh, Wokingham resident and former Bracknell Sunday League midfielder, Gareth Ainsworth is now the uh, longest serving manager in the Football League, which is, is. Which is great for great for the county, really. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, yeah, nice to see the local boy at the top of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I, think he, I think he was actually born up north, but you know, we've, we've taken him to our hearts. Yeah. And, you know, anybody that can, can still, still play in the, in the Sunday League at, at the age of 46... Scoring goals, and also still turning out for Woodley United as yes, well. Is, so yeah, yeah. I haven't managed to get across to uh, to to see see him play for Woodley United yet. No, but no, at no, some no. point, I will. I think when uh, when he was linked with Sunderland, I think my biggest fear was, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see him play for Woodley. That was my biggest worry. And that, I know obviously Wickham fans would have had much much bigger worries than than uh, than me there. But mm-hmm. it's just you know small well, small things. I'm trying to get around the Thames Valley uh, clubs this year, so maybe yes. uh, Woodley might be. Fairly close to the top. I of think I'm now. up to seven. I think we were trying to work out how many exactly there are. I think I'm up to seven. Mm-hmm. And um, bear in mind, we're recording this a little bit earlier this week. I should have managed to get in Windsor Ooh. this week. So that's that's another one added to the list. So, so well, if you'd like to contribute, ask a question, offer a correction, or simply rave about the podcast online, then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fi Berkshire. Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire. And of course, you can visit the website at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. It'd also be great if you could give us a rating and a review on your podcast app to help us help more people uh, get, get more people listening.
Easy for you to say. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's tell you about today's podcast then. Um, well, not today's podcast. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But let's tell you a little bit about the podcast so far. We've had some great guests in Series 1 from Andrew Batt, Pete Browning, Steve Stairs, Mark Ashwell, Neil Richards, Steve Ginman, Neil Baker and John Underwood. And you can go back and listen to any of those pods at any time. This week, we are in conversation with Paul Gutteridge. Now, not a name that you may have heard of necessarily, but if you haven't heard of Paul, you will almost certainly have heard of the social media phenomenon, I had trouble saying this last (laughs) night when I was interviewing Paul, Um, phenomenon, Caversham United. Um, Let's have a little listen. Hi everybody, I am here with Paul Gutteridge from Caversham United. A uh, little bit of a social media phenomenon, I've, I can't even say phenomenon, um, I've called you in, in the last couple of podcasts, Paul, when we've been talking about who we're going to be speaking to. Um, tell us a little bit about Caversham United. Well, good evening. Um, yeah, so Caversham United, uh, kind of the club that I was forced to take over a few years back. <laughs> I was happily playing there, enjoying my football, and then suddenly the manager and the person running the club said, I'm not doing it anymore. Someone's got to carry it on. And it landed with me. Is it one of those ones where you didn't step back quick enough? Yep, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that ended up with me never having run a club or anything before. It was quite a learning journey. And then um, kind of last season, things finally started to go right for us, which was a nice change. (laughs) (laughs) Was that on on the playing front, on on the field? Yeah, definitely. Um, the season prior to last, um, we actually ended up finishing bottom of the bottom division. So the worst team in Reading. Oh, so then for, this is the season. Reading Sunday League. That's it, the Reading District Sunday League. Yeah. Um, it, it was one of those seasons, a bit like this one actually, where um, a lot of the games got called off and we got to April and yeah. I think we played 13 games within four or five oh, weeks. Wow. So it was um, three matches a week job and it it took its toll on the players and me yeah. as well. And um, we got to a point in the summer and we had our first training session back and I think we only had five players there. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what are we going to do here? Is this the end for us or, or are we somehow going to get a squad of players? And that we did. You got a squad of players. So... Was this all down to the social media side of it? Some of the, quite a few of the players did come through Twitter, um, just kind of putting a few tweets out and seeing um, kind of any players that were interested. And there's a few websites out there um, where you can register for players. And yeah, a a few weeks after that one, the initial session of five or six, we had 25 players turn up. Um, but I think we must have just been looking at the right time and there are a few players available from teams that have yeah. folded and it all kind of came together eventually. So, obviously I described describe Cavalry United as a bit of a social media phenomenon. What At what point, sorry there's a fly in here, um, <laughs> what point did um, that kind of social media part of it... Because for anybody that doesn't, doesn't follow you on Cavalry, doesn't follow Cavalry United on Twitter, for example, just wh- what happens? What, what, what's kind of, what goes on? When uh, when you when you open your phone up, and you go and you, you you go and send a tweet out to the to the Twitter sphere. Yeah, it's it's kind of snowballed massively. <laughs> so it it all started probably it was actually around about a year ago, right? Um, when it was non-league day, and um, 
We saw uh, AS Roma getting involved with uh, a local Scottish side, St. Saw... Anthony's. Yep. Um, and just the whole thing around that was was really cool, like the way Roma engaged with all the fans and St. Anthony's did really well off the back of it. Yeah. Like their followings kind of doubled, tripled, whatever. And I thought, well, maybe we can try and drum up a little bit of interest through Twitter and see what happens. <laughs> And I mean, I think at that point we had maybe seventy followers. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good for a yeah. for a, for a Sunday, for a team that's finished bottom of the Reading Sunday League. That's that's probably not too bad. Yeah, I mean we were we were quite <laughs> happy with it at that point. And then, like I said, it kind of snowballed from there. Really, you, it was um, you'd occasionally get a, a reply from someone like Roma, and you're thinking, oh. Wow, Roma, Roma are tweeting my football team. This yeah. is really weird. <laughs> and then you start to see the followers go up slightly. And you're like, oh, we've got 100 now. Yeah. And um, yeah, one thing led to another. And I mean, we're in quite a different place today. How many followers are you, have you currently got on your on Twitter at the moment? Uh, just under 5,700 now. <laughs> that is, that is shamefully twice as many as we have on the Football in Berkshire account, <laughs> which... Uh, <laughs> Which I'm shamelessly now getting jumping on the back of by getting you on our podcast. So <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, so, but a- so AS Roma. That's an English language account, isn't it? For for AS Roma, yeah. And a lot of these sort of big European clubs have them, have them, don't they? I know mm. uh, Bayer Leverkusen do. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of others, but AS Roma seem to be the ones that are the the most kind of well known in terms of the English language foreign sides. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're, they're definitely one of the biggest. And like you said, Bayer Leverkusen yeah. are a really good one. They they like to have a bit of fun with their yeah. followers as well. <laughs> um, so that's always good to watch. So obviously you've got all of this kind of coming. How has that how has that affected you on the pitch? You, has that kind of... Is it still just sort of 11, sometimes 10 lads turning up on a Sunday morning and and, and, and just, just kicking a ball around? Or, or does it does it mean more now? I think it seems to mean a little bit more um, and results on the pitch strangely reflected how well yeah. we were doing on social media. So um, towards Christmas we kind of played 10 games, this was last season, yeah. played 10 games, sort of won five or six and lost three or four. Um, so not too bad considering the season before, <laughs> we were more than happy with that. And um, as part of the whole Twitter thing, we got in touch with uh, Football Kitbox. Yeah. And um, they're essentially they're kind of they supply kits and football shirts all, all around the world. And uh, they they got on board with us, and we ended up launching a, a Twitter competition to. <laughs> I think it was firstly to um, redesign the club badge. No, it was firstly was to get a nickname. Yep. Yeah. And we got the Billy Goats. What was the Billy Goats about? So to, to do with the bridges and I'm thinking trolls and bridges. Is that is that you've nailed right. it? Right, you've nailed it. Yeah, Billy Goats graph, yep. and that's kind of where it came from. <laughs> so quite quite a niche suggestion, yep. and um, that's also where FC Cologne, uh, Cologne took an interest in us because they're also nicknamed the Billy Goats yes. out in Germany. Oh. so they're. <laughs> They're ones that get in touch quite a bit. I saw just just on a complete side note. I saw mm. FC Cologne um, got in touch with Col- F- uh, Colm 
in the north in the north of England about their uh, cup game. They I do. think they were, was it the FA Cup they were in the other day. That's uh, it. For the life of me, I cannot remember who they were playing against. But yeah, it goes to show that they are sort of taking an interest in these sorts of things. Some of these foreign sides. That's it. Yeah, and it's crazy when you think about it. That yeah, her Bundesliga side are <laughs> kind of having a look how you're getting on on a Sunday morning. Absolutely mental. What? No. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, so so obviously you had the Billy Goats, and then then so you had the, the nickname and then the badge. Yep. So we we put a tweet out to see if anyone was interested in designing a, a badge for yep. us. Like our badge was alright, um, but we had some great designs come in, and literally hundreds to choose from. <laughs> how is this happening? I, I don't I don't I don't understand how it, so I I've put I put tweets out and go oh would anybody like to say something about this or or has anybody got any thoughts on what that is and you get precisely nothing now you're, you're obviously doing it in a way uh, in in a way that is engaging and, and, and thought provoking whereas whereas I'm just not but I, I'm just how do you think that has happened is it is it because of the involvement of these other clubs or is it just sheer amount of followers. I think initially it it was for uh, due to the involvement of other clubs yeah. and like even just kind of like well one thing that happened was um, Roma made us their team of the day. Oh wow! Essentially, they put out a little kind of um, biography about a club that they follow somewhere around the world and tweet tweets like that are, are massive. I think we gained two hundred followers <laughs> overnight from just from that one tweet, and you're thinking, wow, they've got some clout. But that's yeah. yeah, that's quite incredible, really. I mean, I guess I think I think Twitter is perhaps one of the things that, um, especially people involved in non-league clubs, would probably just not even really think as as worthwhile. Mm. I know if there's anybody listening to this podcast that runs the Twitter account for their club, I know they'll be shaking their head and going, "It's probably the most important tool we've got for getting people into our club and interested." Mm. Would you would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I I definitely think that's right. It just seems to be something that works well about Twitter and just reaching people. It, it, yeah, it, it seems to, especially with football, it just seems to, there's that sort of element of fun. There's obviously a, a slightly darker side to it, and I'll, yeah. I'll ask you about that in a little while. I, I don't know whether you've got any experience, but we'll come to that in a little while. But it just, it, it sort of, it's gone from being kind of just a place where you just kind of put out a score to actually something that's really, really engaging with the fans. and. A lot of clubs are really, really getting on top of that now, and really yeah. so much so that when we have our awards at the end of the season, we actually have a social media award for the club that we think has has improved. And actually, last year it was we had four clubs in it, and mm. it was almost it was almost the point of just like tossing a coin because they were all yeah. very, very good. Everybody's got graphics, everybody's got um, animated gifts, so everybody's got all this sort of thing. Um, so, and, and I guess. You, and I assume you've got all of that as well yourself. Yeah, we have got some of that. Um, sometimes people have just sent them to us and said, <laughs> can you use these? Yeah. We're like, great, That's sure, absolutely why mental. Not? <laughs> yeah, really weird. But um, yeah, and you see it a lot. And I've noticed a lot of teams in the, the Reading area have started to pop up on there yeah. now. Teams like um, Coley Park, you've got new teams yeah. like Thames Valley Railway and and quite a few of them have just appeared. Yeah, um, over the last year or so, which is interesting. I see. I, I would say. I say. Sort of. Certainly for the for the Reading League itself as well. That's only got to be a good thing. It means that you know people are taking more interest in what's going on. That that can only be a good thing going forward. Really, surely. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, one kind of side of it is you you do get a little bit of banter between yeah. teams on there as well, which is, well, yeah, it, it can be quite fun to watch. Um, <laughs> it can go the other way as well, of course. But I, yeah, I think I, I've definitely I've certainly seen on occasion where sort of you know someone's having a little bit of fun. And then, of course, somebody gets completely offended by it and everything oh, yeah. just goes. So we'll, let's, let's just talk about that sort of thing. In that sort of um, kind of darker side of things, because obviously if you're, if you're involved in social media, you're bound to have some negative responses from, from, from different places. I, I mean, I even saw uh, the, the Reading City manager the other day was getting abuse from, a, from someone hidden behind a Twitter username. And you just think, for heaven's sake, that's step five football. Yeah, you know what on earth is going on? Have you had experience with that kind of thing? Um, not really. Um, I mean, we we generally play it safe <laughs> and try not to offend too yeah. many people all at once. So um, we haven't seen loads of backlash or anything like that, fortunately. Um, but I mean, there, there are people out there, and it, it does happen, of course. Um, but no, we've been fortunate, thankfully. That's, that's good to know. Long may that, long may that continue. I hope I haven't just encouraged other people <laughs> yeah. to go and uh, start sending you abuse. So uh, send it over to them, not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, has have you seen any sort of anything from the from the Reading Reading Sunday League itself? Have they got involved in in that sort of social media side of things, or is it still no? Um, and it's a shame, really. Um, the the Reading District Sunday League is generally an older kind of yeah. committee, which probably aren't that engaged with the the social media side. Un- unlike leagues like yeah. the um, Thames Valley yeah. Premier yeah. League, who are very good on Twitter. That's fantastic, isn't it? They they're really good. There's a couple of leagues that are really good. The the Isthmian League uh, mm. is very good on social media. The Thames Valley League is excellent, and there's a, there's a couple of the the Southern Region Women's League is also pretty good on Twitter as well but yeah it's, it's, it takes time doesn't it and it's, it does. you've got to, you've got to have someone in keen and in, you basically you can't go into it half-hearted that's it yeah. I think the, the thing that I always say to anybody when they ask me about their a club Twitter account you know if you're going to go and do it you've got to do you've got to put your full-time score up regardless of whatever the score is as quickly as you can because if you don't you mm-hmm. just come across as you only, and you literally hear people say, "Are oh, they only tweet when they're winning?" <laughs> and it, it, you've, you've got to, if you're going to go in, you've got. And I think, I think sometimes people don't realise at times as well is that if you if there's if you've been tweeting for three or four games in a row, and then suddenly you don't tweet for a game, mm-hmm. it just looks odd. Yeah, you know. So I always feel like sort of put a message out. I feel like was, suddenly I'm, this has turned into a rant from my point of view. But, you know, stick a message out and say, you know, unfortunately there won't be any tweets from us today because I'm on holiday or having a having a nice boozy lunch somewhere. You know, but sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it, that that's that's sort of that's kind of where I think that social media goes. And that's where it plays such an important part. And I wanted to ask you about the the tournament you had in the summer. Yes, um, that was for a, for a charity. Uh, called Balls to Cancer. That's it, yeah. And and if I remember rightly, you had teams from around the country. If not, was there a European team there as well? There wasn't this okay. time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens about future um, iterations. Right. The Caversham Cup, it was called. Ca- um, the Caversham Cup played in Burfield. Yeah, yeah. Which was, was I just quite like that for as Sunday that sort of just felt properly Sunday league to me. Well, it's called the Caption Cup, but we're in Burfield now. I suppose if any, anybody sort of looking on a map in Reading, they think that's that's all right. That's not too far away, but you know, <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was incredibly Sunday league and fantastic. Oh yeah, 
No, it's um, turns out it's quite tricky to get pictures at that time yes. of the season. <laughs> um, and our home pitch, Maple Durham Playing yep. Fields, is currently under renovation, so yep. we can't play there this season either. But yeah, the um, the tournament was a huge success. Um, like you said, we had we invited fifteen other teams yep. from around the country. So we had a team come down from Kent, Milton Keynes. We had a couple come down from Telford. Yeah. Um, a couple from Essex, uh, Southend, and then a few from Reading as well. Yeah. So quite a decent mix. And um, like I said, we have had quite a few messages um, from t- a team in Scotland and a team over in Holland who want to be involved in wow. future Caversham Cups, if there are any. <laughs> <laughs> Your face suggests we're neither confirming or denying there will ever be another one. <sighs> nah. Now I've had a couple of months for it to settle <laughs> in. I'm I'm more open to the idea. Yeah. It was um, the lead up to the tournament just couldn't have gone any worse, really. Really? Yeah. So we had um, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong, basically. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention that we had hashtag United down as oh, well. Oh yes, yes. They were one of the. Essex I saw teams that. Yes, I saw those. Yes. They ended up winning it as well. So fair play to them. But <laughs> their first team keeper did break his leg during the oh, tournament, yes. which was. Yeah, not not ideal. Less, yeah, less but, than um, ideal. Oh dear. Get well soon, Jacko. <laughs> I think he's nearly. Yeah, nearly he should should be on his way back by now. You would think. That's yeah. That, I mean, that as far as things that could go wrong, that's got to be pretty high up on the list of. Yeah. So the kind of the week or two leading up to the tournament, um, the caterer pulled out, a bar pulled out, the ice cream van didn't turn up on the day and sent someone else. At least they arranged someone. Um, the generator failed the evening before. The weather forecast was for storms the whole of the day, and I hadn't prepped for rain at all. And it didn't end up raining, thankfully. It looked like a beautiful day in the end. It was. It was. And a lot of beers went down. It was a local yeah. brewery called uh, Double Barreled. Yeah. They're actually based down near where we play now. Down on, a, um, on another podcast uh, outside of this, we're big fans of Double Barreled. I'm oh. there quite a lot. <laughs> yes, and certainly, I see certainly why. Any, anybody listening to this who regularly goes and watches Reading City with me at all, whenever I go down there, or even Woodley United, there's always a stop there first, and it's ah, oh, it's a fantastic little place. It, it, it makes going to that ground and that area much, much more, uh, much, you know, the, the ground itself is much better now than it was, and yeah. the fact that there's a brewery outside it as well is oh, just oh, so ideal, good. Isn't so it? good. <laughs> so yeah, um, so the, so yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Um, about the, the yeah. everything that went wrong. <laughs> oh, and a team pulled out four days before the tournament oh. as well. Um, but we managed to rope in a team from Milton Keynes and fair play to them. They took it up at the last minute. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Hashtags, most famous player, the keeper, who sometimes yeah. does stuff on Soccer AM and right. all sorts, breaks his leg in their first game. Oh. Um, so I was thinking this, <laughs> but yeah, it all turned out well in the end. Like hashtag won the main competition, yep. the Caversham Cup. We ended up winning the consolation, which just made the day even better yeah. for us. Um, and um, we also raised over two thousand pound for charity as well. That's so fantastic! A really good result. And there were well. some quite amazing raffle prizes as well, from what I saw. There were some fantastic prizes. Um, I mentioned about our famous followers and Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, they sent down a first team signed shirt with wow. all of the squad. Um, I think we had 
seven shirts in the end like hashtag provided yeah. a shirt as well and all sorts of other gear like Rayma provided a load of merchandise and tickets to football matches and anything you can think of it was really <laughs> really good so in the end all told well worth well worth the stress it was it was in the end <laughs> it, it took a while to recover from yeah, that one yeah um but we also went out for a few beers in the evening after with some of the other teams that yeah. came down so that that was really nice touch that yeah mo- most people came out well from the from the day good good uh, well i mean it, it was it certainly looked like quite a spectacle at the time and yeah um, f- well fingers crossed uh, fingers crossed there'll be another one um that sounds absolutely <laughs> Um, so just, um, I, I wanted to ask you a bit about kind of Sunday League in general. So this fly in this room is really, just keeps flying in my face. It's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big fan of Sunday League football. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of Sunday League football itself as well. Obviously you see kind of reports in, in on, online and in, in papers and stuff sort of saying, you know, Sunday League football is under threat, you know, football in general, participation and all that kind of thing, mm. sort of at grassroots level. Would you, is that something you would agree with in terms of sort of, the Reading. I'm speaking specifically about your your kind of league of knowledge in in the Reading Sunday League. Is that something that you're worried about at all? To an extent, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Um, last season saw quite a few teams across the divisions, um, the six divisions. Yeah, um, saw quite a few teams drop out, especially from the senior division um, and the Premier. So they kind of had to have a big reshuffle this yeah. season. Um, and you you kind of see teams starting to fall from this time of year, really. Yeah. Um, and quite a few teams did drop out last year. And I don't know whether that's down to kind of lack of players or the cost, which seems to kind of go yeah. up every season as well, um, mainly through like pitch hire and things like that. But um, this this year, I think there was probably around about 12 to 15 new teams that have joined the league. So... Where the divisions were a bit depleted at the yeah. end of last season, they're all kind of full again. There's new teams involved, and it's kind of thriving at the moment in in Reading. And I mean, hopefully they can continue to add new teams. Yeah. and we can build up to the numbers of divisions that that they used to be a few seasons ago. What What do you think makes a team kind of call it a day? Is it because obviously you stepped up to a point where actually Caversham United could have disappeared as, yeah. a, as a as a name on the, on in the in the division mm-hmm. is, is it purely you need someone to run the team or or can it be done in a in a group of people or, or do you really need someone who's willing to kind of just give themselves over to it almost yeah i think a bit both i think with with Cavisham, i kind of took the lead on all, all of those things so kind of sorting all the fixtures the money the kits playing and managing as well and trying to do training sessions and yeah it's a lot of work for one person and I'm fortunate that kind of as I've noticed that I've got a couple others to kind of help out and we've formed a little committee in the background yeah. as well so decisions and things I can run past them and if I'm not going to be there at weekends then I've got someone who can step yeah. up and run the team and things like that which is really useful and um, so I think you do need support and it it is time consuming um, and trying to organise some of the lads we've got in our squad, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm just awaiting my knighthood now for that. But <laughs> No, I think that does play into it and um, the cost as well, like I said, like 
pictures are, are so expensive these days. Um, we, we've been quite fortunate in that generally the, facil the facilities we've had have been pretty good, um, but some teams do struggle with that. Yeah. And um, obviously some of it depends on local councils and things as well who can change prices as, as they kind of see fit. So there, there is kind of an element of a lack of control in some of that. Yeah. And so is, is in terms of kind of, is it, is it kind of costs or is it players that is the biggest sort of issue, do you think, in, in perhaps Sunday League, in, in kind of keeping Sunday League football going? Because obviously you can be committed, but, you know, you, you can't always make every game every week. Can it? Yeah, that that's true. And you do you do see that. I mean, we, we still have that, that kind of problem, right? Uh, I guess it's Sunday League, people have got other <laughs> things going on in life. Mm. It's unacceptable, really, but uh, <laughs> they've, they've got to totally, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, I think if if you get enough players that are committed enough to at least give you most weeks, then you'll you'll get through it. Yeah. Um, if you're playing three times a week, like we were at the end of the other season, it's, um, it's quite difficult. It's slightly more different. It's like oh, slightly, yeah. slightly tougher. Yeah. So do you, do you think? Um, so I, I suppose in terms of like so where where I used to play I used to play in the Bracknell Sunday League mm. and as I said to you before we started recording they they sort of they lost a division a few years ago and just recently they seem to have managed to add a division back on so it's it's kind of expanded again and mm. and it almost feels like whenever I read about um, like kind of like participation in grassroots football uh, diminishing I think well actually how have they managed to add an extra league then and it, it's, you know it's questions I need to ask them but do you think there is is kind of interest and scope for for kind of growing growing this sort of grassroots football at this level I do and there just seems to have been a little bit of a shift in the last couple of seasons like things like non-league day and more yeah. kind of available to people and you you see more about it and then you've got teams like the hashtag United and yeah. Palmers and um, SE Dons who are just kind of capturing people's imagination. Yeah. And people are now thinking, "Well, I can start up a team and do yeah. something like that." Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, it's it's on the way back. We know you never know. It all comes back a little bit to this sort of social media idea again, doesn't it? And sort of publicising yourself. It doesn't cost That's anything it. to all it costs is your time, of course, as you said to to yeah. kind of to kind of push this sort of stuff through. And I, I guess. Um, you know, we we can only hope that Sunday League football continues on. It's not so much anymore. I, don't, I think I think people take it a bit more seriously than they used to. You know, I, I'd certainly stopped going to the pub on a Saturday night before I played because, I, you know, I, I got to a point where I could no longer do it after seven pints. You know, <laughs> just it just all got a bit much. And but yeah, and, and, and I think you know, it's a bit of a it's Sunday morning. It's a, it's a laugh, isn't it? Really, it is. And most I, mostly, well. <laughs> Yeah, except when it's like minus two degrees outside and yep. you're turning up thinking this is going to get cooled off anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we haven't had one of those yet, thankfully, this season. Uh, touch wood. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, it is really enjoyable. And I think what we've kind of developed over the last season, which has helped with that, is just we've got together a, a squad of players that didn't really know each other. Like quite a few were new to Reading as yeah. well and didn't know many people in the area. and off the back of like playing as a team people have kind of made friends out of it and yeah. we go on our socials and stuff like that on a Friday night I <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but it's just yeah it's that, really that was always the great thing for me actually because 
the, the team that I played for, we one of our guys was on the committee and he was the guy that ran the website. So of course all the inquiries from anybody would come in and he'd almost get first dibs. But you'd have you'd have sort of um a lot of guys as well who'd who'd kind of moved over from from Europe or from all sorts of places. You'd you'd have a real diverse mix of players with back and different backgrounds and all sorts. Just getting together on a Sunday morning and kicking the ball around. Some of them getting angry about it and some of them, yep. you know, sort of taking it slightly less seriously. But it was it, it was always like a, a great leveller. Yeah. I think. I agree with that. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's just been a really enjoyable experience, especially in the last kind of yeah. 12 months. And I've always kind of played Sunday League football myself. So ever since I was a little kid, <laughs> gay high. Uh, but it's just something that's kind of stuck with me and, not hanging out the boots anytime soon. <laughs> do you and do you, do you ever wonder about sort of burnout though? Do you ever worry about it at all um, in terms of kind of what you're doing off the pitch and what you're doing on the and trying to play as well? Do you ever sort of is that something you worry about? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I don't think I've got to that yet. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I can see how it would happen. Um, this is more of a subtle shout out to your team to kind of. <laughs> Make sure they're all there on Sunday morning. Oh yeah. And if you could just reply to the messages in good time, that'd be perfect. <laughs> and I'm sure that's something that's felt by every other Sunday league yeah. manager around yeah. the country as well. <laughs> um just to just to finish off, Paul, just I suppose in terms of Sunday League then, what what would you like to see what what do you think would improve Sunday League, aside from everybody replying to messages um all at once? Is there anything kind of like the FA could do at all or or kind of even even just on on a council side of things. Yeah, the FA get a lot of stick around grassroots football and Sunday league in particular, and they have done something that's quite good in their new match day app. Right. Um. So it's essentially designed to help people that run the teams like myself, and it automatically kind of loads your fixtures in from yeah. the from the full time website and. You can get players to put their availability in. Now they've even introduced a thing where you can pay through it as well using wow. PayPal, which just takes away a lot of the hassle of doing it. I mean, the hassle is you've got to try and get your players to sign up. To it, which <laughs> don't even get me started. Um, but they're doing quite good incentives off the back yeah. of it. Like um, once you're set up and verified through PayPal, they'll give you like a hundred pound voucher to spend on Nike football oh, wow. equipment and okay. stuff and. Um, there's another one I think if you get a certain number of players to pay through the app they'll give you £250 towards kit um, okay. or training gear or whatever you want so they doing little things like that which I mean obviously they're, they're putting a bit of money into it but things like that do make a difference and if they can make it easier for people to, to run clubs um, and with it taking kind of less time out of your day yeah less of the hassle side of things then I do think that is a step in the right direction definitely um, and I, I guess um, just I guess just to finish off I mm. suppose any, anything you wanted to kind of anything I've not covered anything you wanted to tell us about ooh now you put me on the spot let me think <laughs> no I mean just the whole kind of transformation we've almost had over the last 12 months you just can't quite believe it really yeah. from from going from the very bottom of the Reading Sunday League and then we ended up getting promoted and then getting bumped up an extra yeah. division because of the kind of reshuffle it's just gone from strength 
strength to strength really and um yeah it, it's <laughs> it has been really enjoyable and um yeah we're, we're not going anywhere soon so uh it was quite. It was quite nice because I saw you when you guys started. I think you'd already had a Twitter account at the time, but I thought I saw you when you were looking for a for a nickname and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I kind of when I saw it on Twitter, I sort of there'd been a spate of accounts started for clubs like Bracknell City, and uh, there was a, there was one in Wokingham. There were all sorts of things, and I thought I kind of just thought, oh, that's another one of them. So I didn't really <laughs> pay too much attention to it. But then it's like, hang on, this is a Sunday League club, and and AS Roma are tweeting about yeah. them. And, and and it just it really it really kind of inspired me to to kind of push on with what we were doing and try and you know that's partly why we've got a, we had a bit of a rebrand on the website because yeah. we wanted it to look a bit more professional like you know almost like you guys really so it's sort of slightly more professional albeit you know we're all doing this for fun and, and having a bit of a laugh really and I'm getting to meet lots of people which is great so awesome. that's what it's all about Paul thank you very much for coming to talk to us thanks very much um, for having me we'll speak soon I hope. We oh, before we go, oh. what's the Twitter account? Uh, Just at, so everybody knows. At Caversham United. Drop us a follow. Um, yeah, it's the place to be. It really is. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Right, that was our interview Paul Gutteridge. You played Sunday League, Tom. I did. Uh, not to a very high standard, as I, I believe I admitted to, to Paul in the interview, but... Um, I just, I absolutely loved playing Sunday League. I think we discussed a little bit about sort of the reputation that Sunday League has, uh, sort of, you know, drunk blokes, cloggers, <laughs> booting each other up in the air. And it was really, for me, certainly the experience I had was anything but that. It was, it was just a coming together of, of people from all different walks of life, turning up on a freezing cold off on Sunday morning mm-hmm. to play some football. And, you know, no one was pretending that they were any good. I mean, you had the odd one. Um, there was this, there was a, a lad who came along to uh, to train for the Sunday League team I was playing for, and he said he'd he'd been on the books at Blackpool, or he'd been signed by Blackpool, or in the Premier League at the time. And you watched him play, and you thought, really? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> anyway, so it ter- turns out you watched so Blackpool are on on Sky the following week, and there he is, sat on the subs bench. Oh wow! Just, it was <laughs> now I'm not sure how he got there or what happened, or what because he certainly didn't. What speak. a competition, is he? Well, possibly, <laughs> he certainly didn't speak with a heavy Lancashire accent, so. It wasn't exactly, and what he was doing in in practice, I, I never quite got to the bottom of that one, and perhaps maybe I never will, and maybe it's one of those, maybe one of those sort of myths or or, or misremembered things that, that you never know. But just one of those odd things. But Sunday League was just such a brilliant thing, and I'm I'm really glad to see that it's growing again locally. Yeah, it's it's an incredibly difficult thing to run a team, having done that myself. But mm-hmm. the the fact that that there's so many people interested in doing it and. The leagues locally, especially in Reading and Bracknell, seem to be growing. Mm-hmm. Seem to just be holding, so holding on to. Last season or so. so you know, so so we'll see. So, Rob, it's quiz time. We're having a lot of trouble with uh, <laughs> with getting things in the right order this week. Um, it's quiz time, Rob. Uh, this is our quiz where we use Wikipedia to give us the answers to our quiz. They're generally the same questions, of course. I have had to alter them a little bit this time because, unfortunately, for reasons that you know, I guess rules. But Cavendish United have never been in the FA Cup. Yeah. So I've had to. I've had to. I alter need the answer to that one as well. So yeah. <laughs> so currently, though, after last week's um, slight. Uh, <laughs> uh, preferred questions in my favour. Uh, it is currently four-two to you, though, Rob. So okay. uh, this week, I feel both of us are just going to be blindly flapping in the wind. So we'll see um, how yeah. we do. There's one question about um, your interview last night, so I think you might have a slight advantage yeah. on that one. Mm, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay. Question one: 
When was the Reading Sunday League founded? Okay. Obviously, don't forget, play along at home. Okay, got an answer. Okay, I've put one down myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of the Scottish club Paul mentioned in the interview as being pivotal to what Cavisham United have done on social media? I see what you mean about this maybe being, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, I did send it. I did send it to you to listen to as well. So yes, of course. I don't think it's an entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just forgotten. That's the problem. Um, and question three: Where did Caversham United finish in the league last season? Okay, we're just going to take a quick break, and we will reveal the answers. We're back with the answers. So, question one. Uh, this one has taken quite a lot of uh, <laughs> figuring out to the point where we've had to ring the, the league chairman, uh, Richard Farrow, to find out the answer. So, uh, when was the Reading Sunday League founded? And the answer, what did you put, Rob? put 1980. Okay, I went with 1920. All right. So, we split the difference. It was 1964-65. Okay. So I think you're closer. Yeah, just... By... Just. No, but I could because no, yeah, yeah. forty. Years, I'm forty years out. You're only a few years out. Oh yeah. So, so that's like in the game. So you yeah. take that point. And um, the second question: What was the name of the Scottish club Paul mentioned in the interview as being pivotal to Caversham United's growth on social media? Uh, St Anthony's was the answer. Yeah. Uh, I put St Anthony's. What did you put? I could not remember. So uh, <laughs> I put Partick Thistle. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh well, you know. I've been to Partick Thistle, yeah. three-sided ground, but brilliant, yeah. nonetheless, yeah. Absolutely fantastic little ground, that. And the only uh, football club in Glasgow as well. Really? Apparently all the others are on the uh, significant outskirts. They pride oh, okay. themselves as being uh, the only football club in Glasgow. Wow. And they have that delightful um, mascot, mascot yeah. and also yellow and red hooped kit, yeah. which is um, quite something as well. So, <laughs> final question, and it's all, it's all or nothing here. Um where did Caversham United finish in the league last season? I no, went top. I went top as well because they mentioned about getting yeah, promoted. Promoted. It was a bit of a stab in the dark there. The answer was actually second, oh. which was a bit of a blow. So um, that is a draw, mm, okay. which I think means that I can now only draw. How many episodes we've got left? Three left. Uh, three left. Yes. Oh no! So I can I can still win. Okay. Yep. I've just got to win all three in a row. Yeah. So the scores stay at 4-2, um, and we'll move on from there. Okay, uh, so that's all for week seven. Tom, have you learnt a lot? Uh, I have, um, but mostly kind of about how important social media has become for clubs. And I just it was quite incredible to hear from Paul how social media has helped his club grow not just get players in but you know sponsorship and, and ensure everything's paid for and ensure the running of of um, the, the, the continued running of the club and I think it's going to be only a matter of time before more and more clubs put their all into social media because Absolutely. it's a free cost effective well either free or cost effective one or the other mm-hmm. but it, it's you know it's a dead easy way to engage with all of your potential supporters and I think more and more clubs will realise the importance of it if they haven't already so Absolutely. which is obviously great cool. in the next few weeks you'll be hearing from former Farnborough Town sorry uh, former Farnborough and Bracknell Town manager Alan Taylor 
uh, Barks and Bucks FA CEO Liz Verrill and young Finnish international Amy Claypole. Looking forward to those. You can also go back and listen to the previous podcasts by searching for Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app and please leave us a rating and a review. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FI Berkshire, Facebook by searching Football in Berkshire and of course you can visit the website at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk and of course as always thank you to Ellis Woods at Flare Media for sponsoring the podcast. Bye!